All right, guys, it's time for the next level guy show. A men's interview, interest, and improvement focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats, covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is six times CrossFit Games athlete and three times fittest American female, Carrie Pierce. During the last five years, Carrie has competed in CrossFit all around the world and has represented the United States of America in 2016 and 2017 at the CrossFit Invitational. She was sporty through childhood, beginning gymnastics at three and training and competing for 18 years, building an extensive knowledge base and now she teaches athletes the gymnastic sides of CrossFit too. Carrie was on the varsity gymnastics team at the University of Michigan, where she had team won four Big Ten championships. She earned her degree in movement science from the School of Kinology and was a three-time academic, all Big Ten. In addition to being a full-time athlete, she's developed the Power Abs program, which is a core program thousands of people are doing. It incorporates many of the things she learned in her 18 years of gymnastics and through her education to get people stronger and better-looking midsections. And in this interview, we discuss her story, CrossFit, how she develops her skill set and mental toughness, her fantastic product, Power Abs, competing at the CrossFit Games, the factors that have helped her to be so successful, and so much more. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's an absolute honour to feature you. You've done some amazing things. But for people who maybe don't recognise the name, because you're one of the most underrated performers, could you give a quick introduction of who you are and why you're going to be a legend in CrossFit? Thank you so much. I love the way you said that. Um, yeah, so my name is Carrie Pierce. I've been doing CrossFit for six years. Um, I've been to six CrossFit Games, which um, is pretty impressive because I made it to the CrossFit Games the first year that I was training CrossFit. And since then, I've been four-time fittest American female, and I'm currently the third fittest woman on earth. It's quite a bio. It's quite a, and you're a businesswoman and you're obviously a person at all. But why CrossFit? What, because when I was researching you, you know, you had started in gymnastics, you've had a sporting background with your family, but you got, was that a friend who introduced you? Lindsay, I think it was Mineri. What yeah, was it about CrossFit? Uh, well, would you, my first question was when I was reading it was, if your parents hadn't been sporty, do you think you'd have entered that? You know, if they hadn't introduced you into gymnastics and that when you were younger, would you have gone into CrossFit, do you think? Do you think the appeal was always there? I I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Like, I started gymnastics at the age of three. I did it for 18 years. I started with my sister, and my parents were both very athletic and very supportive of my gymnastics career and just fitness in general, like, they met at a gym. So I think fitness is in my blood. Um, but if I hadn't have started gymnastics, right. If I hadn't started gymnastics that early, I'm not sure if I would have, you know, still been like just gone into fitness. So 
I have no idea if I would be in CrossFit or not, but my guess is mm -hmm. no, I probably wouldn't be. Because you're definitely, you seem destined for it. You seem, it's almost like you're designed for it. You know, you have the perfect background, the gymnastics background, then you went into powerlifting, and now you're just combining the two, and you made a product of it. It's like you're always predestined. But could you go into a little bit about your your um, you know, your childhood? You know, were you always wanting to be competitive? Because, you know, you've done the internship, strength and conditioning, you're a personal trainer. You seem very, always interested in sports. Was there anything different when you were younger? No, I mean, when I was younger, my parents introduced me to a bunch of different sports, gymnastics being the main one and the first one um, with my sister. And I was three, she was five. And my parents tried to get me to play soccer, to play t-ball, to swim, just doing different things. And I always went back to gymnastics. And starting at the age of five, I did 20 hours a week of gymnastics. Um, and from then on, it was at least 20, sometimes 25, sometimes up to 30 hours a week of gymnastics. So my life was centered around sports um, from a very, very young age. And the competitive nature started at a young age too, because I started competing at five years old. Um, so I don't really know much different. And like I said, I did gymnastics for 18 years. And then even after that, I was like, okay, I still want to compete. I don't know what, but I want to compete. So I feel like that competitive nature has always been there. And part of it's because I started at such a young age. Because that was what, definitely a question I was interested in was where do you think that competitive edge comes from? And it's it's difficult for a lot of people to kind of get used to just working out, never mind the competitive edge. And it's great to see women to work, you know, to be participating in training 20 hours, 30 hours a week, as well as being a kid. That's, that's a certain taxing, but... But see, I've I've always done powerlifting, and I've done I do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I do a bit of football. But for those who don't know what CrossFit is, now they, there's a lot of bad press because people don't understand it. But people who do it love it. What do you think the appeal of CrossFit is? What What do you think it is that makes people just want to, you know, just participate nonstop? Talk about wads, talk about modes of training, all these sorts of things. Because some people relate it to a cult, and I can certainly understand why. I'm like that with jujitsu, but what do you think the appeal of CrossFit is? So I think the appeal of CrossFit. There's a few different things. Um, number one, there's just such an amazing community behind CrossFit. Like for me, I've done a lot of traveling, and no matter where I travel, I feel like. I have a home away from home. And one perfect example of that is I end up going like doing like an eight week trip away from home. And three of the weeks was a tour around, well, we started in Austria. We went all around Germany. We hit Netherlands, Belgium, um, and back into Germany. And even like three weeks, I went to different boxes and it felt like I had a family like in those boxes. And even just like, if you go to one box, at your home or like that's around your house, like just one gym. I think there's just like this atmosphere that you can't replicate with anything else. It's like a big happy family. You get excited to go and train with and work out with the people that are at your 10 o'clock class or five o'clock class, whatever it is. So I think that's one part of CrossFit that's really special. Um, and another thing that I love about it, it kind of reminds me of gymnastics is there's so many different things to learn and different things to work on and different things to perfect. So you have like the weightlifting aspect, the gymnastics aspect and the endurance mm -hmm. aspect, and then you got to put it all together. 
Um, so whether you're trying to get stronger, trying to get faster, trying to perfect the gymnastic skills, like there is always something different to work on and to get better at. But also there's things that you are really good at. So I love doing the workouts that I'm really good at, which is the gymnastics stuff, the handstands, the pull-ups. But I also like weightlifting and trying to get stronger and perfect that technique. So that's definitely what had drawn me into CrossFit, just the different aspects of it and how there's always something new to learn and to get better at. Or you never do the same thing two days in a row. Like even if it's the same two movements or exercises, it won't be the same as like if you have a different rep scheme. So it's like constantly just doing different things, which I never get bored with. I really like that because there's uh, some sports I've done. It's very kind of, you just turn up, train, you have a match at the end and you're like, hmm. Jiu-Jitsu is slightly different because of their, you know, it's like human chess. You do that, but I like the variety of CrossFit. And as I've learned more and read articles and watched videos, like on your, you know, your power abs, it's maybe want to try it. I never thought I'd be saying that because I I thought I was too tired with five-a-side football, soccer, sorry, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu three times a week. And you've made me want to try CrossFit just from researching you. And it's, it's an amazing thing to do. And I've seen a lot of evolution. The guys are built like brick shit houses, shall we say? The women look, yeah. the women are amazing. You know, you're, but you're you've got the functional muscle. You've got the power. You've got the speed. The swimming it encompasses everything that I would, I like about sports in one activity. And I thought this is perfect. But what would a complete newbie? What would you say is the best thing for them to do in terms of finding the right gym, finding the right coaches? You know, how do we de- determine if a, a place is good or bad? You know, what? how did you find the right place for you? Yeah, so that's definitely an important part of, I mean, any sort of fitness regimen that you do. And I think for CrossFit, I would, you know, try a few different gyms that are close to your house and see if they have a foundation or like an on-ramp program. Because there's so many moves in CrossFit that can be very technical. So right when you start, you want to make sure that you're learning everything properly. And if they don't have like a basic foundation or on-ramp class to learn the technique for the movements, then I would definitely find a nut try out another gym just because if you are a newbie and you're thrown into class, you're going to be somewhere totally different um, than people that have been doing it for five or six years. And you need to have one-on-one attention to learn, especially things like the clean and snatch, um, right when you start and even the gymnastic skill and technique. So that's the first thing is make sure that they have some sort of foundation or on-ramp program. And the second thing that I recommend is make sure when you are starting like your weightlifting and gymnastics stuff that you can move properly before advancing. So like for weightlifting, make sure that you can move properly for like cleans and snatches before throwing out a whole bunch of weight because the technique is something that's very important. And if you try to move too fast, you'll have to relearn it. And that's something that I actually like happened to me is I had to kind of relearn the clean because when I started, well, I did weightlifting first and that was great, but then stopped, then got into CrossFit and I tried to throw on too much weight before perfecting the clean. And I started working with a weightlifting coach and he's like, we're going to stop. We're going to relearn it. I've been doing CrossFit for four years and... Oh, time to relearn it, which is very hard. So 
make sure that you are learning the correct technique uh, from the very beginning and make sure you can do the strict gymnastics moves before starting kipping and butterfly. So make sure the foundation is there before trying to progress and make sure the gym that you go to emphasizes that as being more important than anything else. Because that's definitely something guys struggle with, isn't it? It's the, oh, that's nothing. There's no, you know, they don't look at the high reps. They don't look at the technical expertise. They just go, oh, I can lift this wee bit up here. But how do we remove that ego then? Because when I'm coming from like deadlifting 200 kilograms, you know, and I can squat 150 plus something on it. But in my head, that's only one or two reps, and that's with the belt on and being out of shape and fat. And you know, how do we do that but be actually decent athletes and not need to take three hours to go up a flight of stairs? You know, how yeah. do we have you found a way of teaching people to leave that ego? Because I watched a video you had where you were doing like um, handstand walks round as an assault course, and I was thinking, sorry, what? And then you were doing deadlifts, then you were toes to the bar, then you, you know, how do you even begin to start learning these things and not go, oh, I've, you know, I'm good at this, so I don't focus on that. You know, how do you start incorporating that variety of movements? Yeah, I think that's something that has to do with like what gym you're going to, Um, because especially if you're going to a CrossFit gym, they should have like a variety of movements in the programming and like you said, it can be hard. I think it's harder for men than for women too to like leave their yes. ego at the door. But just like knowing that everybody is in there and nobody's like judging you. And that's, I remember the gym that I was at in New York City, a sign right when you walked in, it said, leave your ego at the door. Because at the end of the day, like you have to remember, like you want to stay healthy and you want to continue to work out. And the way that you do end up getting injured is pushing yourself before you're ready. So be smart. And like you said, it's sometimes it's hard, like if you have an ego, but that's why the foundation class, um, like I said, for any CrossFit is super important because you'll learn a technique and everybody in that class is going to be new as well. So everybody's going to be on the same page and yeah, you might be great at your strength and you can show off your one rep max strength because that's part of the CrossFit programming. So you can show that off when you get to do that. And then when it's the things that you're not as good at you know, just know that it's a process and everybody's going through the same thing just for different movements. Like someone might have a gymnastic background, but they can't squat very heavy or like you who can squat so much weight and is so strong, might not be able to do a handstand. And that's the beautiful part of CrossFit though, is it is like everything. And there are certain things people are going to be good at. And there are certain things people aren't going to be good at. So know that like, just like general population, that's going to be true for almost everybody that goes to the CrossFit gym. Because it was definitely it was an ego thing at first when I seen it. I was like, oh, I can do more weight than that. And then I was like, and then I was like yeah, it's a one rep max. But then I've seen guys doing like a you know, five kilometer run. Then they were coming up and doing pull ups. And it made me realize like how I had zoned in in this little area of fitness. And there was all of this. Re- and it made me think, yeah, I, I do need to better functional training. I do need to fix this. And it's, it's an amazing sport to watch. You get drawn into it, and there's a lot of good characters there. But how do you set up your training? I mean, because I think you're the sort of a perfect person to look at of, you know, you turned up, you were training for a year, you competed in the games, pretty much unheard of. 
you know, you've been America's fittest woman, like four, was it four years now? You know, it's so you are you've obviously doing something right compared to other crossfitters. How did you step up from average, you know, just taking it as a sport to becoming a competitor? What was it that made you think this is the sport for me? You know, was it just the enjoyment or did you start seeing that you could utilize your strengths? So for me, I'm just overall a very, very competitive person. Um, and I started CrossFit in November 2014. And so my first open um, was in that March 2015. And going into that open, I was open-minded because I didn't really know too much about the sport. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do my best, see where things fall. Um, but I did have 18 years of gymnastics under my belt. I did some weightlifting. I did some powerlifting. So I had a lot of things going for me. I did not expect to make regionals my first year or the games, but I think just being so successful so quickly really like made me fall in love with the sport and wanted to see where I could take it. Um, Cause I'm very, very competitive in the first year at the games. I got 21st place. And for a lot of people, they would be like, Oh my gosh, you got 21st place in the world. The first year you're doing this sport. But for me, I was like, I know I can do better. I want to do better. That's um, the personality I've seen of you. You know, it's like, yeah. I can keep improving, keep and do better. It's- yeah. And I think for any successful athlete, like you have to be that way just because, I mean, your life is training, like it's eat, sleep, train. Um, and I mean, for now, I, for me now I have power ads, so it's eat, sleep, train, work on my business. Um, but it is like your life is centered around that and it has to be. Um, mm. But I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the people I train with, the people I surround myself with. My coach is amazing. Um, so I have this incredible support system, which I think is important to any athlete success. And in addition to that, it's just, I've been consistent over the last six years, just training a lot and knowing what it takes and, you know, not going out and partying and not doing things that other athletes that, you know, say they want to be successful, but don't actually do like, it's, it's your life. You eat, sleep and you breathe it. And I think that's why I've been so successful these last six years. Plus I, I love it. I enjoy training 90, hmm. 90 to 95% of the time. Everyone has their off days. Um, but it's like, well, you have coaches that are going to keep you accountable. So you have to go and you have to train. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm a very, very competitive person too. So that definitely is at the back of my success as well. Cause as I definitely seen that competitiveness, you know, it's, it's, but it's, it's the love of training. It's the fact that you seem to thoroughly enjoy doing it. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot, a lot of things is you, if you're not doing and focusing on the things that you're good, you know, that you want to do, is it really that important to you? You know, there's, I find a lot of people go drinking and partying and all that because they don't have something they particularly want to do. And it's, you know, it's actions are far more important than words. Um, so how is your training set up now? Because I, I was trying to figure this out of if you've got sp- uh, swimming, if you've got running, if you've got weightlifting, if you've got gymnastic stuff, how on earth do you start planning and prepping for this? Because it seems that there's a variety of potential goals. The challenges are only told to you on the day of the games. How on earth do you schedule, prep this and plan it? Yeah, so thankfully I have a coach that does all of that. Um, and actually a couple coaches. So I have a CrossFit coach. His name is Justin Kotler and he's in charge of everything. Um, so he oversees 
all of the training, everything that I do. Um, I also have an endurance coach, Rob Carson, who writes all the swimming, the running, the rowing, biking, ski erg workouts. And then I have a weightlifting coach who does a lot of my weightlifting stuff. And then Justin takes some of the weightlifting stuff, the endurance stuff, creates my program, um, which I train five days a week. I have one active recovery day, which is usually just a swim. Um, and then one complete rest day, stay out of the gym. Don't think, try not to think about profit just to let yourself like mentally reset. Um, I'm assuming that's difficult. Days, yeah, it, it is difficult, but it's gotten easier over the years. <laughs> I think when I started CrossFit, it was like everything CrossFit all the time. And then I'm like, I'm good taking a day away from the gym. Like, cause then Monday comes and then you're hungrier to go to the gym. Um, so it's good kind of just like shutting your brain off. And that like, I feel like for me, it's more mental than physical having that rest day. Cause some people are like, Oh, is it like an active recovery? I'm like, no, like they, I don't want to think about numbers. I don't want to think about paces. I don't want to think about anything that has to do like with CrossFit. Um, so that's usually like Sundays and Thursdays is my active recovery day. So it's just a swim, but my training days usually starts. I mean, it varies from day to day, but generally, um, I'll have some sort of endurance session, um, which is that bike, swim, run, whatever it is, uh, first thing in the morning. And then sometimes I'll add a little bit of other like accessory work, like the bodybuilding stuff, um, to that session. And I do some core work, some power ab work. And then my other session will be some sort of strength, um, whether it's like squat, deadlift, bench press with some weightlifting, clean jerk snatch, then some sort of gymnastic skill stuff, whether that's muscle ups, handstand walks, um, anything like that. And then I'll have like a CrossFit metabolic conditioning type workout that usually throws all the different elements together, like some sort of weightlifting, a gymnastic, and then an endurance piece that's like 15 minutes, as many reps as possible, or like the kind of workouts that everyone sees in competition. Um, so training is around four out, depending on where I'm at, depending on the day too, like around four to five hours a day. It's tiring just listening to it. I was just closing my eyes just now thinking, oh, four, oh. so how do you, fit, you know, just the thought of fitting in, sleep, eating, doing your business, you know, that is a phenomenal workload. How do you build up to that level of frequency, intensity, and duration? You know, I mean, you get people who immediately want to start working out and they're going to say, I'm going to go for a 5K run. I'm going to cycle at night. I'm going to go to the gym. How do you start building that? You know, did you have any tricks that you learned where people could, you know, I mean, I, say your sessions, are they like out of 10, are they like a six, seven, eight when you're training? How do you build in an extra session, an extra, you know, or the frequency of sessions? Have you found anything that worked for you? Yeah. I mean, I definitely like when I started CrossFit, I did two hours a day. Um, and it was like not as much as I'm doing right now, but I was used to training like an hour to an hour and a half a day. So I was coming off powerlifting. So it's completely different type of training, but still like the volume and the time was there. Um, so I started out like around two hours and then after that slowly, continue to increase the workload. It's not something I started at four hours a day and, you know, then was five. And I mean, like right before the games, it's usually around six hours. Um, but it was something that I've slowly built up because 
your body can't just all of a sudden start doing four hours a day. And like you said, a running in the morning, weightlifting in the afternoon, cycling at night, like now you need to like build it up and see hmm. what works for you. And just like for staying healthy, because the last thing you want to do is start at four hours a day and then you hurt yourself and you're not training. Um, and I think with the increased volume and intensity and time, I've focused more on my recovery. When I started, I was two, like it was two hours and, you know, I ate well and I slept well. But I think as I've gotten older, more mature, smarter, um, I focus more on my recovery because everyone's like training, training, but you can only train as hard as you recover. And for me, that means, you know, continuing to make sure I get enough sleep. Also eating well. I love Epsom salt baths. I have some compression boots. So it's just like when I'm sitting and doing work, then I'm recovering. And I try to like multitask that way just to fit in everything between the training, power abs, recovery, um, sleep. You know, there's, there's a lot going on. But I think gymnastics from a young age taught me time management, which I've used throughout my career, my college, um, and even now, um, because yeah, there's a lot going on, but I want to be successful at everything I do. So it's, you know, managing my time and just making sure I make the most of every day. You can hear that competitiveness, you know, it's the, I'm, I'm maxing my recovery along with my business. It's, I love that kind of approach because I definitely agree with like, you know, every kid should do a sport because it learns team games competitive, but it also learns how to be a better team player, how to accept losses, but it also teaches that skills of juggling that with your schoolwork, with all the other stuff that gets involved in training and stuff like that. Um, now, I read in an interview where you said that you get your training on the morning of the session because you don't like to overthink about the training. Do you still do that? Is that something that is born from anxiety that, you know, you start overthinking? Or is it that you'd get too OTT into your training if you're giving it, you know, would you start revising it and revamping it? So that's actually my coach. Um, he doesn't send me my programming until the morning of because he doesn't want me overthinking it. Um, oh, and yeah. I was like, I feel like that's a lot of work for him. Like just like every day, like sending it out. But when you go to the CrossFit games, sometimes you don't know what you're going to do until like an hour before half an hour before there is even one workout. Like we didn't know what we were doing until you're in the workout and you're like, okay, you have 10 burpees after you finish that. Or actually it wasn't even that it was burpees go. We'll tell you when you're done. And then when you're done with those, then you move on to pistols. Okay. Pistols go. And they'll tell you when you're done. Um, so I think he is just preparing me for it. And he doesn't want me overthinking it or analyzing it. And just preparing for the unknown because CrossFit is the unknown. No. And you don't know what movements you're going to be doing or anything. So it's something that, you know, he thinks works uh, best for me and for what I'm training for is get up. You see it. Okay. Time to go, go put it. in the work. That's it. Uh, I suppose that's a good thing about being a coach is they can see the, like the, the, they can see the overview of it. While the athlete sometimes is just so engrossed in it that you would be wanting to double check it and plan it and think in your head. He just wants you to just go and do it. Yeah, it, it's it can be difficult to not see the wood for the trees or whatever that saying is. You know, you what you kind of get so involved in it. I think it takes a good coach to step back, take the emotion out, and control you 
so you don't you don't overdo it yourself because you just want to do it for the love of it. He's trying to get you to do it, but also reserve your energies. And yeah, it's a smart, it's a very smart move. Because um, that's something I was really interested in was how can you deal with that level of training? How can you build that frequency? But how do you learn how to avoid technical breakdowns? You know, like while you're working out, repping these things out, how do you build the skill of endurance? You know, like, is it just working sets three to 10, five, four of eight, whatever it is? Do you, how do you build this into your training to avoid sloppy reps, to make sure that you can keep repping these, like the pistols, the burpees, especially when you're absolutely shattered running, you know, in the CrossFit games? How, how do you build this into your training just so you can get to a point you can rep that high? Yeah. So I think, oh, like, my coach has done like he does a lot of skill work um so like especially for me like one of the biggest movements that i needed to work on was my skill of my ring muscle ups and so we would just do it outside of any sort of workout where you're not even pushing failure or not pushing fatigue of any of the reps it's like you're going to stay pretty fresh and you're just going to work on the skill of it and you're going to do them perfect and it's like 10 minutes every minute on the minute just do three reps but each of those three reps has to be perfect. And like, I'm not coming anywhere close to struggling or failing because it's just ingraining those movement patterns. And that, mm. you know, we've worked on with muscle ups, with handstand push ups, with pistols, with pull ups, just because they're like the skill part of it is so important. And also, like, doing my weightlifting, there's days where, you know, we'll go a little bit lighter and focus just more on the technique of it than being like, okay, we're going to max out, we're going to max out. Um, so it is sometimes like that 70% work on this, just doing singles, but working that perfect form or even breaking down the movements. Like for weightlifting, I do a lot of pulls because my technique wasn't good and I would just be going heavy, but doing it the wrong way. And my coach is like, no, we need to like pull this back, make sure like that first yeah. movement is right. Cause if the first movement is wrong, the second, third, the rest of the lift is going to be off. So we need to just like, take it back and break down the movement. So whether it's, like I said, every minute, like skill work or breaking down the movements, I think those are both very important to just master the movements before throwing in a bunch of reps under fatigue. Obviously that's important as well, like down the road, once you've practiced it to see if it's paying off and see if you could do those movements under fatigue, because it's a lot different, but I think just, ingraining the movement patterns is a huge step to be able to rep out a variety of movements under fatigue because it's definitely something a lot of people think they can do until they actually start doing it and then the shit hits the fun you know it just i think how sloppy i would get when you know i'd have a pt session and he'd say okay we're going to do four sets of 12 reps and you're kind of like sorry what I'm a powerlifter. I do three, two, you know, one max. And suddenly you see how sloppy you get as you're going, and you were kind of like, oh. and it made you realize you had to have this range of different training things. You had, to, you know, you had to change your kind of rep scheme just to incorporate high reps to build in the, you know, like you're saying, to work on the fatigue, but then also work on the technique in that as well. So, how does your training incorporate mind muscle connection? Because um, you do a lot of gymnastics, so when I was watching you do like handstand walks, you know you've got tight glutes, strong core, 
do you work on that sort of thing in CrossFit? Of feeling the body, controlling the body, understanding where you are in in the spatial awareness of it, if that makes sense? Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. I mean, for me personally, not not a lot, but because for things like handstands, I've been doing for such a long time. Security, yeah. Yeah, so I think like that's just like ingrained. And sometimes like there will actually be like members of the gym that are like, oh, what do you think about, or like, how do you do, like you said, do you squeeze your glutes or how do you breathe when you're doing this or whatever? And I'm like, I don't think about, I don't know. Like just I just do, do it, it like subconsciously. Yeah. So I'll like kick up and do a handstand walk and be like, okay, how do I breathe in this? Or how do like, what do I think about? Um, Cause like for me, sometimes it's just second nature. I'm like, I don't know what I think about. So sometimes it is good, like stepping back and seeing what I actually do think about or what I feel. Um, but I think like any of this skill work, uh, that I do is thinking about that mind muscle connection, just like in my muscle ups for CrossFit, like kipping, like using my hips. So I have to think about like toes, hips. And so it's just like thinking about those certain things and the mind muscle connection uh, was good in gymnastics. And then I did a little bit of like physique competing, like kind of like bodybuilding. So it was definitely very, very important there, which I learned a lot um, from that and also did a lot of high reps for that. So I think that helped my CrossFit uh, training as well. But I think a lot of it's just like, I don't know, like it's comes naturally, naturally to me now because I've put in so much time in so many reps and a lot of work. I think it's similar to like, you know, a pitcher throwing a baseball. Like he doesn't think like, he doesn't really like think about what he's doing. He's just done it so many times that it's just like ingrained. And there's like certain things you might think about, but it's not that mind muscle connection. Cause I think when you practice that, it just becomes second nature. Yeah, because I think I'm looking at it from like a kind of somebody wanting to start it, and we're I'm, I'm trying to overanalyze it rather than you know you're just kind of doing it and then fixing little things. Whereas for people who kind of like in jujitsu, sometimes it's better just to keep repping a move till it becomes second nature. But in your head, newbies kind of go, "Is where's your arm? How are you doing that? You you know, do it and then re." Because I was kind of interested because I learned about mind muscle like when I was powerlifting, you know, feeling it where your lats and all that kind of things are and squeezing the slack at the bar, all this kind of things. Is there things you're thinking when you're doing these movements? You know, do you have mantras when you're doing it? Like as each, you know, is there activities you do? A way of thinking these things through, you know, do you have a mantra that you, when you start training, do you have a set ritual before you train? Do you have something you do before each activity to kind of zone you into the the movement, so to speak? Yeah. So I think for me, like as you're talking, like the number one thing that's like sticking out in my head is just like the weightlifting movements. Um, because like the gymnastic stuff is like second nature. I've been doing it for such a long time, but like the squats, the deadlifts, the strict press, everything is like really thinking about like tensing things up or like you were saying, like tensing your lats in the deadlift or like, even like in my squats, like, okay, really like continue to like push your knees out and push through your whole foot. Don't go to your toes. Um, or even like front squats, like really drive your elbows up. I think there's like little things like that, that I think about when I'm doing the weightlifting stuff, just because it is mm-hmm. so not, I mean, if I've been doing it for years now, but still is, I don't have the repetition that I do in gymnastics. So there's definitely like little things I think about with each weightlifting movement or, or like, when I'm doing cleans, I 
do that because I'm like, rise with your chest. Because one of the biggest things I like to do is ride with my butt and then my chest. So there's like little, and that's like engage your lats so that you can do that. So the weightlifting stuff is for me a lot harder than the gymnastic because the gymnastics, I'm like, it's almost just like second nature. But as you said, someone who's getting into it isn't going to be that way. And I think that's where having like a really good coach is important or someone that knows um, what they're talking about just to help beginners. Um, and for me, like usually if someone asks me a question, I'm like, okay, let me just do this real quick. Like hands on your handstand pushups, like where do they go? Um, or even like how wide are your hands on the pull-up bar? Just like little things like that. Um, that I think having experience is second nature, but if someone needs my help then I can like jump up and do it real quick and be like, Oh, that's, that's what I feel. Or that's what I think about. Um, because it's strange, isn't it? You don't think about some of the best things you do. You know, it's when I think sometimes I move, I mess up the move or the you know the the drill we're doing or whatever. Other times, though, I find I need to think about it as I'm lifting to something to focus on, so I'm not thinking about the the weight that's in the thing. Or yeah, it's it's quite strange. I mean, but I mean, you were almost doing handstands before you were walking. You know, so you're. <laughs> so how does your when you're training, I mean, you do a high volume of reps, you know, you're doing multiple activities, you know, you're pushing yourself. When you're getting to that point, have you learned any sort of mental toughness, rituals or drills or ways of doing it so your mind doesn't give up before your body does? How do you deal or how do you learn to deal with the sheer volume of work you're doing and the intensity? Because that's something I've noticed a lot of people give up on when it becomes challenging or this form gets sloppy. You seem to just bang, 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 bang. How do you manage that? Is there something, a way you've done it? Or is it just building that app so you overcome the fatigue and get a new level of what you can do? Yeah, I I mean, I definitely think that's a big reason I've been so successful. It's like, because there's like this saying, like your body will only go as far as your mind will take it. Um mm-hmm. And I think that's something that goes underrated in a lot of sports, like especially at the top, top levels. Like when I go to the games, I'm like, all of these girls are super, super fit. And the mental aspect is going to be, I think, more important than the physical aspect because everyone's super fit, but it's like who can endure a little bit more pain. And I mean, for me, like I said, just the competitive nature is definitely something that kicks into gear with that. And my coach, he's helped a lot, like as far as like the mental aspect in gymnastics. Um, we did a lot of visualization, which I think is key, like for any workout that I do, if I know what the workout is, I know what the floor format's gonna be, then I just like close my eyes, visualize myself going through the workout. Um yeah. and being done with it once I do it, I've done it perfectly. But then there's times in training where my coach is just like be tougher than everybody else. And so like hearing him say that when you know it gets painful and where a lot of people are like uh I don't want to hurt that bad I'm gonna slow down is where you know I know where it's really gonna make the difference like a 20 minute workout that minute 16 17 18 it's gonna hurt real bad but he's said before it there's an end it's gonna be over like push yourself and the last thing you want is regret and one workout in specific that comes to mind was this last year at the games was one of the hardest workouts they said in the history of like games finals. 
And before that workout, me and my coach knew that I could win it, but also knew it was going to hurt really bad. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, you can rest when you're done. And so that's like, those few things are sayings that like go through my mind when I'm at a tough place or when it's painful, when I want to give up or slow down. I'm just like, I don't want myself to be defined that way. Like I want to be able to push through and just for myself, not for, I mean, not for anything or anybody else. It's at the end of the day, it's just for me. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy. So how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. Because that's something I did struggle with when I first started training was I would give up far too easy. Like it was almost like my brain, if, you know, I was always judging somebody was looking at me or, you know, I would self-sabotage sometimes if somebody was fitted or pushing it. And it's something I've really struggled with. And I think a lot of people, and that's maybe go back to the, the ego. A lot of people are still stuck in that kind of, if I'm not the best, I'm not doing it. I don't, or I'm, I'll shy away from really trying because it's easier to say I never tried than it is to actually do it. My mindset is definitely something I'm really interested in. I notice a lot of the top performers, one of the things is they're comfortable and the uncomfortable. You know, is it based on that, just working yourself in, pushing yourself beyond what is normal? You know, how would you define that, like, that mental toughness? Is it just pushing yourself more than you know the next person's going to do and making that enormous part of your training? Yeah, and I think it's very important. I love that you said training. Because so many people are like, oh, yeah, you got to push in competition. Like, I mean, yes, yes, you do. But you have to train that way because unless you train that way, you're not doing it in a competition. Competition is the time to show off your training. And if you're not pushing yourself in training to get uncomfortable and be the best that you want to be, then it's not going to show up in competition. So I think it's it's definitely come over the years. Like gymnastics was a different, different type of training. It wasn't, it was like work on perfection where it wasn't like being painful. Like I can't breathe type thing in that uncomfort zone. So it's definitely something I've learned from CrossFit. But at the end of the day, like sometimes when I'm working, when I'm doing a workout, I'm just like, how bad can you make this hurt? And it's kind of, sometimes for me, it's, it's kind of like a game, like how bad can you make it hurt and continue to make it hurt for the duration of the workout? And like you said, being comfortable in the uncomfortable because no growth ever happens from being in the comfort zone. And I think each of us want to be better than we were yesterday. At least I know that I do, whether it's in my business or in CrossFit or anything that I do. And that's going to come with being uncomfortable. So you have to step up to those opportunities if you want growth. Because it's definitely something i do notice like you always seem to push yourself further you always want to you always like as well as other top performers they never seem to rest on their laurels you know you've been achieving like the fittest woman in america you're constantly coming higher and higher up on the podium in the crossfit games you know you've you always seem to be pushing yourself 
where other athletes would be kind of like, I've done that, you know, look at my bio, it's amazing. You just seem to want to keep doing it. Now, your coach, uh, Justin, said that you were great at taking feedback. Do you think that's why you've been so good, is that you're able to sit there and say what went right this session, what didn't go right? You don't take it personally. You just go on and go, okay, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Has that been part of your success, do you think? Oh, yeah. I think that's a huge, huge part of my success. Like sometimes you see athletes and they think they know it all. And, but it's like, you're not going to get better if you think you know it all. Like, I want to learn. And like sometimes we're like, okay, let's try a different technique for something because you never know if it's going to work. And I've heard athletes say, no, I, this is how I do it. And that's it. And I know Justin is smarter than me. And that's the reason he's my coach. If he wasn't smarter than me, he wouldn't be my coach. And I want to learn from him. And he has so many experiences and he's worked with so many athletes, which is one of the reasons I love that he's my coach and I respect him so much because I want to be as the best that I can. So I'm willing to listen and try things a different way. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but I know to be the best that I can be, then I have to learn from somebody who's smarter, which is him, which is my endurance coach, which is my weightlifting coach. And I know some people like their ego gets hit because I don't know, they don't want to listen or learn something new, but that's the best way that we can grow and to get better is to surround ourselves with people that are smarter than us and can teach us. I almost raised my hand at that point thinking when I first started (laughs) training, yeah, when I first started training, I was bad. I was, I knew it all. I was better than everyone. I'd watch YouTube videos, you know, it's, I was pretty arrogant and you definitely need a good coach to kind of step by step. You know, we always think we deserve the next belt in jiu-jitsu or a tab on our belt a lot more, a lot quicker than the coach does. And, you know, we don't, the guy sitting with a black belt knows more than a guy sitting on his blue belt second tab or something like that. But our ego runs away with it because you start getting good at it. You start telling yourself you're better than you are. And it's, you know, we pay to trust these people and it's trust the coaches. And Justin seems a phenomenal coach. But how would you deal with bad training sessions? You know, injuries, things like that. How do you have, because I mean, you said there was one where you fell off the ring, off the bar, and you've hurt your hip and things like that. How do you stop, because you seem so positive and confident and consistently training. How do you avoid letting these things, you know, nip at you and think, hmm, can I get back up there? What happens if it fall off again? Avoiding fear of it happening again. Because you just seem to yeah. go, shrug it off, let's go. How, how have you managed that? I mean, honestly, there's, there is days where it's a lot, and times where it's a lot harder than other times. And obviously that's not something you're going to like, you know, put out there or show like when you do like every little injury and stuff that you have. And it's, it's tough, but I mean, you have to know that it's, it's going to be a part of any sport in gymnastics. I had a lot of injuries. CrossFit, I've had my share of injuries crazy things happen. Um, but you have to know, like it's part of any sport and everybody goes through it. Obviously everybody's experience is going to be different, but for me, like I hurt my hip. Um, and that was, that's the most recent thing that I've been going through. And it was, it was hurt like before the games and like through the games. And finally I took some time to recover after and in the back of your mind though, you're like, Oh, other athletes are training hard. Like I need to get back. I need to get back. But it's like, no, like, you need to get healthy and then you can get back. And 
we did a lot of quarter squats because I couldn't hit full depth because it just, it was too painful. And so we did a lot of quarter squats. But then from that, I ended up uh, PRing my power snatch and my lifts and stuff have gone up. So I was like, okay, sometimes you need to take a step back in certain things, but other things can improve. And I mean, just going back to CrossFit and why I love it, like that's one prime example. Like my hip is bad and I can't squat, but I can do, I can still work on my upper body on pull-ups, on muscle-ups, on those kind of things. So you have to find a positive in anything. Cause if I was like, well, I, I can't squat, so I might as well just stay at home and not work out. Then I, I would definitely get, I would get depressed, like not being able to work out. So you have to find that silver lining and like what positive things can come from this injury. And sometimes it's like, well, this is my body needs to rest and it's telling me it needs to rest. So you have to listen to your body and, you know, do whatever you can. It's certainly something that, you know, I know people struggle with. It's that thing of, oh, I need to be training five times a day, six, seven, you know, and it's like, especially for older athletes, I mean, I'm 38 now and I took up jujitsu at 36 and all these guys are walking around changing rooms, you know, they've got the six packs and they've got the muscle and I'm sitting there going, I'm a fat, like at the time I was super fat, you know, I, I could barely get my legs over my head because my hips were so tight from deadlifting so much and squatting. And I was kind of like, am I in the right place? But you can, you can actually switch jujitsu in a way that it works for fatter people, slimmer people, taller, sure. And I like the idea with CrossFit as well, that you can manipulate it to train certain things while you're injured, or you can work on your strengths, your weaknesses and stuff, and still get a great workout from it. But what um, have you found from working your weaknesses? Has there been something that you've identified, oh no, this isn't working for me, like a weak body part or a weak part of your game? How have you brought that up to, um, you know, to f- compete against the likes of somebody who's maybe that is their strength? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's part of having my coaches um, because for me, two of my biggest weaknesses are leg strength um, and running. So those are two things that we've put in a lot of work. And I think having a weightlifting coach has just helped me significantly with that and part of the leg strength is also the technique of my weightlifting. So that's something like I decided to, you know, start working with a weightlifting coach because he's an expert. That's where he thrives. And I'm like, why not learn from someone who's, this is their specialty. Also the endurance stuff. Like I can always get better at that. And my endurance coach has us doing running twice a week. Yeah. He has us doing running twice a week. And I'm like, okay, you just gotta, if you put in the work, the results will come. If, if you put in the right work, I should say the results will come. Um, and that's something just having those coaches will help me with, especially because I know whenever I go to a competition, there's girls that are going to be stronger than me and that are going to be faster than me. But if I can close the gap a little bit on those movements that are my weakness and keep my strengths, then I'm just going to continue to move up the leaderboard. Well, see, like I'm a big fan of sort of incremental changes. You know, I don't expect to go in and make five twenty percent chance or you know improvements as I go. If I can get one percent better in my life and each day, I think that's an achievement. So I always look at like if it's grooming, if it's style, if it's whatever it is. How do you incorporate that sort of training into your sessions? Do you look at improving one thing per session? Or are you just looking for the overall session to be good? Do you analyze 
specific movements and check after each activity? Or at the end of the session, does he give you detailed feedback? You know, what's your approach to training? Is it just improve in general? Or are you looking at dialing in the form, the technique, the, you know, the mental aspect of it? Do you work, if you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a great, great question. Um, For me, I look at like each thing individually. So when I like, right now I'm thinking about Monday. So when I go into Monday, I know that we're going to have an assault bike workout. And then I know I have back squats and I have clean and jerks and I have muscle up stuff. So I'm like, first is like back squat. I look at the back squat. I go through my numbers, go through whatever the programming is that my coach has. And then I'm like, okay, that was a good day. I hit heavier than I did last week where I was able to do more reps or I was able to go through the workout as he said, and that's a success. Or, I mean, there's days too where it's the other way where, oh, those squats were heavy. I didn't get as many reps as I wish I would have, but you know, it happens. Or maybe I was like, okay, something was feeling off, but I analyze each part of the workout. So the squats, and then I go into the clean and jerks. But even if the squats didn't go well, it's like, okay, clean and jerks are a completely different movement. This is separate. Um, so focus on these. And then I see how those go. And then move on to, like I said, maybe muscle-ups. Do the muscle-ups, see how those go. So it's kind of like each individual thing is what I focus on. Obviously, at the end of the day, you look at everything and how, like, okay, I felt great today. Or today wasn't where I wish it would have been. Um, but I think for me, it's better to break each thing down and look at it like that. Because if each individual thing is getting better, then I know I'm getting better and the day is a success. Whereas if I just look at the whole day, then I could be like, well, there was a lot of ups and downs. Was that a good day? Was it not? Um, so I think for me, just taking each individual thing and also like for a competition, some athletes have a bad event and they let that affect them for the rest of the day, the rest of the competition, where I think one of my strengths is if I have a bad event, I'm able to shrug it off and go into the next event. And I think part of that is from training because it's like, okay, I have this part that didn't go well, but now I have something completely different, completely new, and this is going to go well. And just reset your mind to then focus on what is ahead because you can't change what is in the past. No, I really like that approach. It's a, it's a great way of looking at it because it's something I struggle with. You know, I sometimes we get tapped out in a match and I go, I'll be thinking about it in the next match. And it, you, it's a self, you know, it just, it keeps happening because you think about it and you're worrying about it. And like you're saying, focus on that when it's done, focus on that and that. So how does your training change when you're coming up to competitions? You know, when you're going to like the games, for example, can you go into a little bit about how if it changes, if at all? And also, how are the games set up? You know, what would like a complete newbie coming to games, how are they sort of set up, graded, those sorts of things? Because, you know, you mean, you just seem to be getting better and better at them. But for somebody who's coming in new to competitions, what advice would you give them? Uh, be ready for anything because you really never know <laughs> what you're going to be given. Every year that I've been to the games, it's different. And I think that's part of the reason I've been successful too is because I have such an open mind and you're just like, okay, here I am. I'm fit. I've been training really hard. So I'm ready for whatever is to come. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. Like, cause my first year at the games, I was kind of like, 
okay, I think we're going to, we're going to know everything ahead of time. Like we're going to plan. I'm going to be able to eat. I'm going to be able to do this, this, and this. And it is not that way at all. And I think I gained a lot of respect for the other games athletes after experiencing my first games and everything just being so unknown. So it, especially when it comes to like CrossFit games, be ready for anything and everything. Um, like usually there's three or four workouts a day and it depends on the year it's been, there's been different, um, schedules. Like one, one year is you were, you worked out Wednesday, Thursday, you got Friday off then you were Saturday, Sunday. Um, or sometimes it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all in a row. Um, and like I said, three or four workouts a day, which are a mix of anything and everything. It can be, a five to seven K run. You might have a max deadlift right after that. Then a couple hours, like two hours later, you'll have like a typical CrossFit workout, a mix of endurance, gymnastics, and weightlifting. And then you might even have just another gymnastic workout later in the day. Then the next day you'll have three or four different CrossFit workouts. One might be five minutes, two might be nine to 12 minutes. One might be 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and there's a mix of anything and everything. There's running, swimming, biking, rope climbing, muscle upping, deadlifting, anything. Um, and the games, like you might see different strongman stuff. Um, we've had different kinds of sleds. We've had different things to flip over, kind of like tire flips, but not tire flips. We've had to go on paddle boards. So really just keeping an open mind and knowing that they can throw anything at you. Because that's what I was loving watching it. It was like, it really evolved since I, I first checked out. And now I'm kind of getting into it. I'm like, that's included in a lot of the stuff I really like the idea of, you know, like the swimming stuff. It's, I wanted to take it to a logical conclusion. I didn't want to just swim. That's, you know, go home and then go to jiu-jitsu. I like the idea of everything kind of feeding into itself. And it's the functional strength. It's the... It's to stuff that actually you would get, you know, jump out of a pool, lift something heavy. You know, it's like, I, I really like those kind of things. But how do you plan for this then if it's turning up in the day? Is it just making sure each potential activity is correct? You know, can you really prep for the games mentally? If you're assume, you know, because if you're bouncing off what the somebody else has done, you know, they, they've done 20 reps, you know, you need 22 how how can you plan for these sort of things pre-games? Is there a way? I mean, I think the biggest way of planning for it is just having a variety of workouts, anything and everything. And, like, my coach has had me do, like, really, really tough workouts, like, mentally. And I think just doing those workouts makes you stronger, obviously physically, but also mentally, which is, like, the key to going to the CrossFit Games because – Physically, yeah, we're all very fit, but mentally pushing yourself that far, or especially on day number four, when your whole body hurts, you're super fatigued, you're tired, you're like, okay, are we done yet? I think is very important, like in training, um, just doing like some of the hardest workouts that my coach can think of, uh, will just get you ready for the games to do, to perform at your best. Because other than that, you can't really prep for it because you don't know what movements. And so it's just training anything and everything and going outside of the gym too. Like we go to there last year, there was this like place called death Hill um, and just doing different things outside of the gym with a sandbag, running up a crazy steep hill, um, oh, doing obstacle I... courses. So just 
training anything and everything that you can think of um, to be physically prepared. But then, like I said, the grueling hard workouts to be mentally there. I suppose that's the thing. If you know you've done the work, they can throw anything at you. But you know, like you said earlier, you've got those individual components you've trained. So you'd know you just focus on that exercise. Okay, it went well. Focus now onto this, onto this, and not let previous competition, you know, not previous events hold you back. Yeah, so it's a great way of looking at it. But how do you recover during this? You know, you're doing these volumes, the intensity. How do you sit, you know, because I've got things like foam rollers and a massage gun. What does an elite athlete like yourself have? How do you plan, you know, you mentioned salt baths and compression socks and things like that, but how do you actually recover between your, you know, because you're doing, was it three to four sessions a day? Or, you know, after and especially in the days of competitions that go over four or five days, how on earth can you, is it just packing yourself with food and sleep? You know, have you found anything that works for food, for sleep, that sort of thing? Yeah. So, I mean, both of those are extremely, extremely important um, and the best ways to recover. Also, I think hydration is something that's important, especially like at the games or any sort of competition that's outside. Because I think I love that you just like grab something to drink, too. <laughs> I was trying not um, to. I think I'm... Yeah, no, I love it. Um, just because I think that's something that not a lot of people think about. And when you're outside competing, like you need to make sure that your hydration is on point. And that's, you know, having water, but also the electrolytes, the salt and potassium to make sure you're staying hydrated because you're sweating so much. Um, and yeah, the nutrition is huge along with a lot of sleep. And I mean, usually if there's doctors on site or something, I'll get body work done just whether it's like loosening up certain muscles that are extremely sore from the workouts. Mm. Um, and as far as like nutrition, special things, I don't do it except in competition. Um, but do you know what lucky charms are the cereal? Yeah. The Irish. Yes. Yeah. So those are my go-to during competitions. People laugh at me, but RP strength, like who I work with, um, especially for nutrition in competitions are like, you need something that's like a simple carb, just to fuel your body quickly because you're doing so many workouts a day. You want like active, you want available carbs and they're like, you have cereal. So lucky charms is my go-to and people always laugh. because I'll like carry a box with me. That's usually just in competition. Um, outside of that, like my diet is very clean. I love oatmeal, sweet potatoes, eggs. I eat a variety of vegetables, steak, salmon. Um, but mainly just, keep it very clean, but I eat a lot, usually between 2,500 and 3,000 calories a day, uh, depending on where I'm at. Sometimes before the games can be up to 3,500 calories a day just to make sure the energy is there. Um, How do you prep for that? Because I mean, I was seeing three and a half thousand when I was uh, powerlifting and I was up to about 126 kilograms ago. So I was a fat, well, beastless, you know, how do you meal prep and how do you get your food in? And, you know, because you've also got very strict times when you can eat and you've got to train and then you've got to compete and stuff. How on earth do you fit this in? Like, I couldn't imagine you eating 3,500 calories. I mean, just the volume of that sounds like a lot of work to digest it. And yeah, how well, do you build up? Or Yeah, part of it is I have, like, a during workout shake um, or, like, in competitions, a couple – so it's just like simple sugars and whey protein mixed in a shaker bottle. So sometimes that's like two or 300 calories in itself. And then if I have multiple workouts, 
then that definitely adds up and makes it easier because you don't have to have whole foods for all of the calories. Um, and I have a meal prep company that I work with, Rosie Joe. So they send mainly all of like the meat, uh, vegetables, some sweet potatoes and things so that I don't have to cook all the time. Because like you said, that's a lot of meal prep. So I'm very thankful to have like a meal prep company just to work with. And I've been working with one for the last, actually basically since I started CrossFit. So like the last six years and it makes a huge difference because you save time going to the grocery store, cooking, cleaning, all that stuff. So meal prep is super important because when I'm hungry, I'm hungry. So like after training session, I'm like, okay, food is ready. I can eat now. I don't have to wait around for it either. Cause like you said, the timing and stuff is super important for the recovery and just to make sure you can get it all in. I mean, that's definitely something I've noticed with like a lot of top performers is they'll use, they'll spend money on things like meal prep companies or, you know, like they'll pay for a personal trainer rather than they'll do without something else because that helps them. And I definitely like the meal prep idea because I've seen quite a few people kind of say, well, I I don't know how to cook. I don't eat chicken breasts and all all day. I'll let a, company, a professional chef do it for me. You know, it's like um, Ramit Sethi, you know, he was saying, you're not rich if you've got a lot of money. You're rich if you can afford the things you need to upgrade your life. And I really like that kind of idea. But, I mean, I know we're over an hour and I've barely touched the surface. I've incorporated about 50 questions together into a waffle. I mean, I've got so much. I'd love to have you on again. But something I was really intrigued in was your Power Abs program. Um, now, how on earth did you go from competitor, you know, athlete to let's start a business in the middle of this? You know, you're competing, you're breaking records, you're doing all these amazing things. Why start a business right in the middle of it? Why not? I'm just kidding. Fair um, <laughs> yeah. answer. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I actually, so there was this guy, uh, Larry Connors, who reached out to me and wanted to talk about business and First, it started off as gymnastics and how come you're not teaching other CrossFitters gymnastics because you have such an extensive background and they could, a lot of people could benefit from this. And I'm like, honestly, like, I just don't know where to start or how to like go about it. I was like, I would love to help other people like spread my knowledge about gymnastics because of my expertise in this area. And so we sat down, we talked and that's kind of where we started. And in our first meeting though, I said something about like, my abs. I've gotten a lot of compliments. And so Larry's assistant was just had seen pictures and her husband too. And one day they were just talking and she's like, Carrie, you need to come up with an abs program. And I was like, that's genius. Like I would love to have gotten so many compliments on my abs. And I still similar. I don't, didn't know how to like go about it. And Larry was great with the business aspect. And it was, so it was something that just kind of came my way. Like I had been thinking about how I could make something happen. And I thought it was going to be related to gymnastics, which I mean, power abs is related to my gymnastics background, just because 18 years of gymnastics, a lot of crazy things gymnasts do for core strength that I've incorporated in power abs. But yeah, it ended up being power abs that ended up taking off and is the way that I've been able to help so many people around the world. Cause this definitely seems like something, maybe it's part of your personality is always wanting to keep moving and challenging and, you know, always being competitive, like, Oh, what can I do now? How can I, 
I'm going to hate myself for this pun, hit that next level. I can't say it now without thinking of the show name, obviously. But now, I, when I initially seen it, I thought power abs. Okay, you know, it's like you know, because a lot of sport um, CrossFit athletes have amazing abs, and I thought, yeah. But the more I thought about it, it's a great idea because better abs, obviously, you're better at your gymnastic stuff. You know, better weightlifting because you've got the stronger core. It really made sense after I kind of got over the. Well, why would you do abs? And I was like, oh my god, that's amazing! It's you know, you there's so many different parts of why abs are, are you know a good thing, but I can't believe I just said abs are a good thing. But why does an athlete, in your opinion, want stronger abs? Why do we want power abs? Why do we need better abs? Yeah, and I, I mean, you kind of touched, you just touched on it a little bit. Um, because it's just going to help your gymnastic movements. It helps your weightlifting. Like a lot of people that have done power abs have just sent me messages and videos like, thank you so much. I just paired my deadlift. I just paired my back squat. I just got a toes to bar for the first time. I just got a muscle for the first time. Um, so it definitely helps with that core strength, no matter what kind of athlete you are, even have had runners reach out and tell me that they've PR'd their time because they just felt their core was stronger during their running. Um, and it is, in addition to that, I know a lot of athletes, including myself have lower back pain. And I've had so many people reach out and be like, I have lower back pain. Can I try power abs? I'm like, actually power abs is perfect for you. Cause you probably don't know how to engage your muscles. So you're getting lower back pain. And then they've, uh, they gave the program a try and reached out after saying that their back pain is now gone. And I think one of the coolest stories um, that has come from Power Abs, we haven't like shared it yet um, on many of my channels or anything, is a guy from the New England Patriots, which is an American football team, reached out, wanted to do Power Abs because he had back pain that their doctors couldn't solve. He did Power Abs and his back pain was gone. He's like, I can't thank you enough um, for it. So it's like even professional athletes benefit from Power Abs and uh, that's just like, so cool to me so it's like no matter where you're at um on this spectrum you can benefit from power abs in one way or another well if you think about it a lot of you know great coach a lot of great athletes aren't coached well you know they don't get the the ab training the you know they don't get that level of understanding or specific training that a lot of these athletes need so they might be great at like weightlifting to get big and bulky for the football pitch but they're not taught how to build the core, how to keep themselves safe and healthy over the next or 10, 20 years. No, it's funny. I just wanted to really give everybody a chance to sort of see how amazing um, power abs were. So I thought this was a perfect time for you to sell it. You know, um, So why do you think power abs is working so well? You know, you're working with professional athletes. You're getting amazing feedback. Because I've seen your training videos on your Facebook page. Now, they've got me a fat mess wanting to start doing ab workouts and these short, sharp exercises in my room when I'm working, when I'm doing a proper job. Why has it become so popular, do you think? I think a part of why it's so popular is it's 10 minutes a day, no equipment needed, and people say core work is actually fun. I know a lot of people hate doing like ab workouts, and I think I've just incorporated a lot of different moves like from my gymnastic background. And then I also did some personal training and stuff and from CrossFit. So I think it's just fun for people. They see results. They feel better. They're, like I said, they're PRing lifts or getting things for the first time or reducing their lower back pain. There's just a lot of benefits that come from doing it. And 
it's 10 minutes and you don't need anything. So there's really no excuse not to do it. And now there's like an amazing community behind it too. We have a Facebook page that has over 35,000 people. So it's not just like an ads program, but there's like a power abs family basically. And I don't know, similar to anything else, like once you start doing it and you see the results and you feel better, you just get addicted to doing it and you want more. And we have power abs. And now I have six other programs as well. In addition to power abs, because people really enjoyed it and they wanted more and I don't know. It's fun for me. It's fun for them. And I think that's why Power Abs has been so successful. Because I definitely want to try it. I was looking at it as like, I wonder if she could turn my keg into abs, you know, if because uh, I was thinking, I'm going to ask her, okay, I'm going to give it a shot, I think. And when yeah. I seen how easy and fun the exercises and the variety, I was like, she's on to something here. I can see why this is so successful. I mean, is it success? Is it available and suitable for athletes, beginners, and intermediates, experts? You know, somebody yeah, who's coming so- there, no core work. Can we do it? Yes, I came up with because some people did power abs and they're like, "This is too hard." So I created Introduction to Power Abs, which breaks things down. And yeah, there's then there's even two levels in Introduction to Power Abs. So if you haven't worked out don't really work out consistently, you can do it. Or if you have like some sort of base, but haven't really been consistent, um, that's the level two of introduction to power abs. So really no matter what level you're at, you can start with introduction to power abs. Then there's power abs. There's power abs 2.0, which is right after power abs. And I have extreme power abs, which is for, you know, people that have a strong core and just want something more. Um, those are like the base programs of power abs. So it kind of spans anything from a person that hasn't worked out to, like I said, an elite athlete will be challenged by extreme power abs. Cool. It's you've got me wanting to do core work. I never thought that was possible. You mentioned, you mentioned there about the power abs family and there's that amazing familiness, you know, that connections between um, athletes who do CrossFit. Why? You know, why do you think people bond so well over CrossFit? And also there's that, you know, because when you see you competing at CrossFit Games, you're always encouraging each other. You're always pushing each other, shouting encouragement after you finish to, you know, somebody who's just on the verge of finishing. There always seems to be you try and make each other better. Why do you think this level of friendship and camaraderie exists in the, you know, in the community? I think for me personally, I know it's just because I respect every, all of the other athletes that I'm competing with. I know what I go through and you know what my life looks like on a daily basis. And I know they're living the same kind of life. And I think there's just that like mutual respect that, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to be the best that we want to be, but we also want our competitors to be the best that they want to be, but you know, you want to beat them at their best, but you know that they're pushing themselves day in, day out and they're putting in a lot of work and making a lot of, I mean, I don't know if I should say sacrifices, but it kind of is sacrifices to compete at the games and to be the best they can be. Um, so I think that's why there's that camaraderie there. No, because you certainly kind of live it, you know, you understand everybody's living the same lifestyle and training the same way. And it's, it's the same with jujitsu, but yeah, I definitely noticed it in, you know, with CrossFit, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, have you made, like lifelong friends from it is this something you think that people should get into it just for that kind of community feel that family feel 
Yeah, I definitely think I've, I have a lot of new friendships that have stemmed from CrossFit and a lot of the athletes you see at all the competitions that you go to, um, just because I feel like we are like the best of the best and you get excited to go to competitions and see these athletes that you haven't seen in a while. And similar to CrossFit boxes, you get excited to go to classes and see those friends. And I, a lot of the members at the gym that I go to, they go out to brunch together and they go out to dinner they go just do different things, go hiking together. It's just, you create these friends because they have similar lifestyles uh, than you do. So I think that's important. And you know, you're living this healthy lifestyle that's centered around fitness and you just, it just makes you want to be better and make smarter choices outside of the gym. So I definitely think that's a fun and important part of CrossFit. Well, I know we're way over time. I'm really sorry for how much of your time used, but I, I, there's so much value I think you've given in this interview, but what would you want people to take from this? You know, like as a kind of a summary or, you know, just a understanding of CrossFit or competition or everything and anything. What would you say to people as a kind of like a go home message? Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's a hard one to put on the spot. You know, <laughs> there's, like you said, there's so many good things that we covered and a lot of good that I think comes from, I mean, not just CrossFit, but I think health and fitness, like for people, I, I like CrossFit. It's what I found challenges me fitness, fitness, why physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. And for anybody, whether it's CrossFit, whether it's jujitsu, powerlifting, bodybuilding, find something that you love, um, that is going to treat your body well and that you can live a healthy lifestyle from, like I said, I found CrossFit, um, you found jujitsu and you're super strong. Um, but find something that you just really enjoy doing and let it fuel you because I know a lot of people get depressed because they don't work out or they don't find something or they think they have to do something they don't enjoy. Like I heard running is good for me. That doesn't necessarily mean you should do it if you don't enjoy it. So go find something that is good for you, that is good for your body and just fuels you. Um, yeah. I, I love that. I and mean, that's certainly the thing is if, you know, it's a great thing to do. It might not be for you, but if it is, there's so many benefits. And that's the thing. The more people we can get moving, the better. Mm -hmm. So how can we find you? I mean, I, I'd love to have you on again, do a round two and, you know, cut out my, my, my amount of waffle, but how would you know because there's so many things that you've done that's amazing and i really want to delve deep into the competitiveness the how you mentally prepare all these sorts of things but how can we find you by power abs follow you on social media that sort of thing yeah so my instagram is carrie pierce crossfit that's one channel um then also if people like facebook i'm just carrie pierce crossfit games athlete and then my website is carriepierce.com. Um, and for Power Abs, a link for it is in my bio on Instagram. Or if you go to my website, there's available links there um, for Power Abs and all the different programs and stuff as well. Well, I never thought I'd be saying I want to do CrossFit and Power Abs. You, <laughs> you converted. I love it, though. I love it. Well. That's it for another week, and thank you for listening. It's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. 
Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.